Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. This is uh, Trey Cashin. Unfortunately, Steph's not going to be able to make it uh, today, but uh, hopefully she'll be back next week. It is, uh, well, I guess the last day of January. We're taping it on. I guess this will air tomorrow uh, on the 1st of February. So, um, I had our prayer, um, up and I guess we'll see. Okay. There it is. All right. God did want this to happen. So here we go. Uh, in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'm joined by, I'm joined with Dennis, and I don't know if he's going to jump in at all, and he's certainly welcome to, but he is running the board and making sure that um, this gets sent out there. So hopefully uh, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to just lead this conversation and, um, it was, I went down and 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 prayed and and I I thought I was coming with one topic and and feel like um, addressing failure is what is what um, is what I want to talk about or what I think we should we should talk about. I it comes from a couple of things. One, I mean, I just received a text not too long ago from one of my children saying that they had failed a test, um, and not too long ago received a phone call um, from another one of my children that they thought that they had been a failure or that they were failing. And um, I don't know about you, but there have been at least a couple times in my life, if not more, where I have felt um, like a failure as well. And so I, I think it's worth worth addressing it from a practical standpoint and even from a theological standpoint from as parents i think there's multiple ways to look at it as parents we've got we're going to have to deal with the fact that sometimes we are going to feel like and maybe in fact we are failing or have failed in a moment we're also going to have to deal with the fact that if our kids and we allow them and they grow up as a normal child and we're not protecting them from everything, they are going to fail as well. And those are opportunities to help them and actually 
help us deal with failure because it's part of life. And anyone who's protected from failure, I think, will um, will ultimately experience it. And if they haven't been taught how to deal with it, that's fine. I mean, they're going to have a problem. So as, as a parent, um, a child uh, will experience it. So let's start from just a theological standpoint. We're, we are... We are um, Christians, and in the mystery of parenthood, we've talked about the fact that that we're really um, people who are meant to be signs of God to this world and instruments of his grace, in a sense, kind of sacramental, in a sense. And as a marriage, as a sacrament, grace is meant to flow in and through through us, from God, in and through the sacrament, into this world, into our spouse, into our children. So grace is there, truth is there, Jesus is there, and we have to remember we're meant to be signs. So with that, as a Christian, what is the sign that God gave to us? It's kind of an odd sign. Um, it's one that's striking. It's one that we see all the time, and maybe and we've talked about the fact that it's there. It's the cross. The cross is the sign um, of that. And what does the cross look like? It looks like utter failure. <laughs> it looks like um, it's all over. In fact, I, Pope John Paul II, if I recall correctly, um, in his, in his uh, I don't know if it was an apostolic exhortation or an or a, uh, encyclical, but he wrote on the Mother of the Redeemer about Mary and in that, he uh, talks about Mary sitting at the foot of the cross and one who had bought completely into the son because of all that she had experienced, that this son is, is that, was sitting at the foot of the cross, staring at, experiencing what looked from a human perspective to be complete and utter failure. All your followers are gone you're dying on the cross. God's not rescue, rescuing you. And you were supposed to be the savior of the world. You're supposed to be the Messiah. That's what it looks like. That's why it's really important for us to, again, we say this all the time. We need to have Jesus on the cross. We, we need to have crucifixes that remind us that love is that, that, that what looks like failure is oftentimes the beginning of great success. So from a theological standpoint, we, we always have to start with, you know, things don't always, um, sometimes they appear different than they are in actuality. Sometimes what looks like failure in, the fa- in fact is actually the beginning of victory. And so you can teach your children this. Um, in talking to my daughter, one of, one of my daughters, when she had, had felt like she had been a failure, I pointed this out. I said, you know, there are often the times in Garden of Gethsemane on the way up where, where people turn against you when you're in a leadership role where they, where they maybe don't live up to what they've promised in terms of how they would back you. I said, you're in good company. <laughs> I mean, Jesus had everybody um, except for his mother. Um, turn away from him at one level or another, uh, even though even some were bold enough to say, even if everybody does turn away, I'm, uh, I will never turn away. St. Peter's 
says. Um, and, and I think it's important to remember that life is part of, I mean, failure is part of life. Um, Mother Teresa always said, always said that, uh, God doesn't, success is not what God wants. What he wants is faithfulness, um, is for us to be faithful, not successful. And that is something that we can learn and that we can teach our children based on what we know as, um, as Christians. It is part of the sign of life. We're going to have our crosses. As I told my daughter, and we as Christians should always say this as Catholic parents should always remind our children, for every Good Friday, there is always an Easter Sunday. For every great struggle, for every seemingly failing moment, there is always the resurrection. There's always the coming out. We as Christians, more than anybody, should have great hope because of that. Our lives are um, full of these ups and downs. And as parents, (laughs) it's important to remember that. And I think that God, actually, again, this whole dynamic of being a parent and living out this sacrament is that while if we take seriously what we do as we do it, that God is teaching us as well that we that we're I don't know if you've any of y'all have experienced this, but but it's been my experience that frequently I'll be saying something to my child to address or to one of my children to address some issue, and it will be exactly what I need to hear. Um, it'll those are those Holy Spirit moments. Those are those moments that are graced moments, and failure is really one of those that we should look at that it's a teaching moment you can go you can go to theology you can point in the direction of the cross and gethsemane and what looks like failure and always be pointed to easter sunday and the resurrection we are people of hope <laughs> we are a people who should um enter into the suffering but at the same time point that as we go through it and we come to its conclusion we are promised by our Lord and Savior, that there is going to be that moment of resurrection, that moment of turning around. So that's from a theological standpoint. Um, from a from a practical standpoint, there are a few things. I mean, one, we have to remember as parents, and this is for as parents, and and even talking to our kids about it, that that everything's a process. I mean, if if our life is a war. Um, that we that we fight, there are going to be battles that we lose. There are going to be seemingly failed moments, failed opportunities. We're going to say something wrong. We're going to handle a situation inappropriately. Um, we're going to. There are going to be. There may be failure at work. There may be failure in in many different ways. But we have to remember that. And I and I said this too. And again, it was one of those things that we need to know. We, and as I'm thinking of this, I'm I'm thinking of and seeing, you know, Jesus's falls on the way to the cross, his 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 fall, his three falls on the way to the cross. I'm thinking of the fact that it's not we have to. It's not the fall itself. It's not the failure itself. It's the getting back up. And so, as parents, we need to. Anytime they, I mean, if they fail at a test or if 
if they fail in small things, um, this is something I know we talked about last week, but I think it's really important. Look at the small failures. If they don't write their name well, <laughs> if they if if they don't get two plus two equals four, or they can't read as well as they ought to, those are all moments that we can tell them it's it's not the failure in and of itself that is the issue. It's what we do with that failure. It's how we get back up and adjust. And I think, just, you know, go to confession, for example. What are we doing? We're, we're you know, a lot of people don't like confession because why? Because it, it points ourselves to the fact that we fail regularly. We know what to do and we choose not to do it. Or we know what not to do and we choose to do it. And we're, we're failures in the moment. Well, the good news is God knows that that's part of our makeup. And so he's provided that. So what do we have to do? And this is part of dealing with failure. First, confront the situation with the truth. All right. So what, what do we do at confession? We sit down with something to examine our conscience, right? I mean, it may be a, uh, it may be the 10 commandments. It may be the beatitudes. It, it, it could be just some examination of conscience that somebody else has, has put together to help us go through our life and do it. And we confront our actions, our actual lived experience, what we've done with the truth. So failure is something that we need to look at for the truth that it reveals. All right. So here's what I mean by that. I think whenever we fail or whenever we have a child that fails, we need to look at and help them address and help ourselves address what's true about this. What, what, what did I contribute to this failure that I need to change? What, what, what is something that I need to work on as a result of this? And I think for almost every failure, we can be assured that we have some responsibility for that failure. Maybe not all of it. Jesus obviously had no responsibility for it, but he's God. But most of us as humans, otherwise he wouldn't have needed to die on the cross for us, have some responsibility. So anytime there's failure, the first thing we need to do is confront that with the truth. So when I was talking to, to, to her, I said, what, what you need to do is listen to what people are saying about why, about you that you feel leads you to believe that you're a failure. Ask people that you know. So again, like a priest, and hopefully as a parent, you in love can, and can point out to your children, these are things that are part of your contribution to that, right? Truth confronted with truth and say for those things okay listen we all fail everybody's got that being truthful to you about this is not saying you're a failure what it's saying is is that god has given you this opportunity to address these issues and here they are and so truth confront failure with what's true about it part of that truth also and i remember telling her this is failure is never as bad as it frequently is perceived on the front end. In other words, you may think you really failed, and and when you really go back and look at it with the help of somebody else, you may find out, oh, it's not, I, yeah, I did, 
but it's not nearly as bad as I thought to. So there's some aspect of it that really wasn't your fault, some portion of it. That it, it was just the circumstance you found yourself in or or whatever, or maybe the other person, the people who were maybe saying you're a failure, they have other ulterior motives besides the truth. There may be partly truth at you, but part of it may be the circumstances of the people involved separate from you. For that, you can't change those people, and you probably can't, cha- you certainly can't change the circumstance that's already happened. So you need to take that stuff and just say, I let go of that. I have no, I've, I let it go. Again, this is getting back to what is a good examination of conscience. You got to get to the root of what is true about what the problem is. So again, this all folds in on itself. Failure and sinfulness always goes together with truth and grace. It goes with it goes with um, a good example. Like I said, is is confession. So where do we go? We go to a priest. Now, a good priest, I mean, and most priests I know, if, if they have time, will we'll point out, okay, here's where this is a real sin. <laughs> and they will sometimes say, that's your being oh, scrupulous or whatever. Well, you as a parent with a child need to point those things out as well. They need to understand for every situation, for every failure, here's the truth, and here are some things that you need to not take. It's, it's part of the situation, part of the circumstance. So as we do that, we point them out. So for example, um, my, I remember my oldest son when he was eight years old in a big little league game, he might've been 10, but in a big little league game, um, he had two things. He had, a, he had a success. He had knocked, he knocked in a run um, that put the team up, but then proceeded to have a ball go directly through his legs <laughs> On, uh, in the last inning that allowed two runs to score, which led to the other team winning. And what, when those opportunities happen, it's important for us to tell them and may help them make the connection, not to stay in this moment, all right, to recognize truth. Hey, listen, we need to take some more ground balls and I need to work on it. Yeah, the reason you didn't feel that ball was because you didn't do what you were taught to do. Um, but guess what? Even the best do that. So it's the same thing. You're pointing the truth. You're pointing at whatever. If if the ball had been, you know, like a, a off of had it taken a weird hop, I would have said something along. You did everything right, but the ball bounced right that. But as a parent, you have to help them through processing what is true about the circumstance. Then you have to say, "This is what we're going to do to work on it." All right, and I'm going to be here with you. Those are opportunities, again, to point them and point us to the fact that um, to the fact that failure is not the end. <laughs> failure is part of the process. It's part of what God uses to do that. I think it's also important to remember, and being a good example of God, that you are there to help them with truth, to help them weed through what's not true about the situation. Like you're not a bad second baseman because you happen to let a ball go through your legs. You know, you can point out other, you can point out other second baseman professional athletes that do it or dancers that do it. Failure is part of it. We, we can point that out to them, but that 
we're going to respond to it, take it for what it is and get up and you're going to practice tomorrow. And we're going to work on this and try to do it knowing that you're going to fall. So what does that represent? It represents the two aspects of what Jesus brought. One is truth. As Catholic Christians, we are never afraid of the truth. Why? Because Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So we're never afraid of the truth. The second thing is, is the good news is, is that grace is always there beside it. What is grace? It's, it's giving of ourselves. So our, as parents, giving wisdom to the child in the moment, giving love to the child. One of the greatest things you can do is just tell them, don't. I love you anyway, even with that mistake. I love you anyway. That's grace. And then also also grace is I'm going to walk with you through this and help you minimize those times down the road that that, that that comes up. I mean, again, that's the beauty of parenting kind of purposefully, of parenting intentionally. There are moments throughout their lives, throughout their days that are small things that are the great opportunity to point them in the direction that we're not afraid of truth because Jesus is the truth. He's also grace. Grace came through him. He, he's self-gift. And so because of that, we can always count on the fact he's going to help us through. All we have to do is acknowledge we need your help. So I don't know if you know, one thing that I, I Trey, I, I thank you for letting me speak here. No, I, I'm glad. I'm happy. Especially since, you know, I'm an expert in this subject of right. failure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we all are, if we're honest. And yes. so uh, we faced a number of different individual and, and group failures in, in our family recently. And one thing that I share with our kids is I've been there before. I've, oh, absolutely. you know, well, they've seen Great point. A, a good number of our failures, but use your expertise, not only in, I, I know what you're going through, but just let them know I've been there. I've done that. This is what it felt like for me. Letting normalizing for them that failure doesn't have to feel good or, or even rebounding from failure. You don't have to put on a rosy smile and feel good about it, but just taking that next step is something that is, is very valuable in, in <laughs> rebounding from failure and, and doesn't mean that you're not going to fail immediately again in your next step, but just to keep trying. And one thing that I've done is shared that I've failed like this before in a very similar way but share my perspective on that failure two decades later. Right. And so I look back on things that I did at this same age that some of my kids are now, and I failed in very similar ways, and how now, even 10 years later afterwards, you can look back on it and laugh. Right. It, not, not just learn from it, but laugh at it. Right. And, and know, hey, it's going to be okay. Just dust yourself off. It doesn't even have to feel good to dust yourself off, but do it anyways, and let's see where God is leading us next. Because sometimes that failure is very necessary for the overall plan of God. And we've had a number of failures in trying to expand our radio station to the Central Texas area. Uh, quite a few frustrating failures that took five years to get there. Right. God knew the big picture is that he had this st- specific station that we re- recently purchased that it was to come at the right. right time when we were ready for it. Uh, heaven forbid if four years ago we got that radio station. <laughs> right. Yeah. I very well could have run it to the ground because, you know, we're, we're trying our hardest to keep this one going and thriving, but I think we were far more ready to, to, to make it thrive 
now than we would have, say, four years ago, even three years ago. Uh, those are excellent points because I think you're, you're exactly right. Help make the connections from your perspective. And, and again, don't <laughs> I love the fact that you tell them just because we can make sense of it or just because we can have hope does not make it feel any better. Yeah, no. you know, I mean, that, that it's okay to to acknowledge the fact that this doesn't feel very good, and I don't like the way that this is yeah. making me feel, and that it's normal that it doesn't feel good. Right? That's not that's not something, and 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 we and we as Christians are not. I mean, Jesus Christ sweated blood. He 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 experienced the pain, even though he knew fully the purpose, which sometimes we're not as fully aware of the purpose. Even if we were, it would still hurt. So hurting is that. The other thing that I think is really important is to be able to have that ongoing conversation with your children to let them know you failed. I think one of the worst things that we can do as parents is give them the perception that somehow we're perfect (laughs) because uh, we need to acknowledge when we um, make mistakes, not even currently, but even to go back and say, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. And then to make the connection, like you said you did, which I think is awesome, is to say, looking back, maybe it's funny. Looking back, maybe it's something I can point to and say, you know, that was a game changer for me. That failure was something that led to this, which led to that. And now look at where I am. It was the, it was the catalyst for some changes I need to make. I needed to make. And when I think about it, what popped in my head as you were saying that is my my youngest daughter just wrote a paper on on failing and and going through a little bit back and she reminded me of my daughter Madison you know she had danced since she was 2 and she tried out for the junior company at at a at a local dance uh company here when she was in 6th grade and i can remember being at mass at St. Mary's on that on the night that that happened i think i don't know which day of the week it was but we were at mass and as we walked out, the text or whatever came out, and she had not made it. And I remember her and Stephanie going back in, and and the the rejection that she felt, um, and and Stephanie and her both crying in the moment, which I think I I mean they mm-hmm. they cried. They went back in the church and they cried. I could see them both sobbing. Stephanie Moore sobbing because of how much it hurt it hurt her daughter that yeah. she didn't make it. Madison sobbing because she thought she was going to make it and she didn't. I think as parents, like you said, enter into their suffering with them. You know, it's okay to show, I'm just going to be here with you in this moment. I don't need to make sense of it right now. So when that failure happens, we don't always have to jump in with that. Let them experience that and maybe even suffer with them. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's that's a great point, which you which you made out there. Yeah. And, and the kids don't quite realize what the parents are going through, nor did I when I was a kid and failed or was dumped or, you know, all the different things that felt horrible as a as a child. I never even thought how that hurts my parents. It's totally different. Yeah, it is. And it's amazing to look back and, and experience some of these things now that our kids go through. And wow, it. It hurts. It hurts yeah. deeply. And so um, you don't always look back on failures in life and laugh at them. You you remember the pain and you grow from exactly. them. And so, I mean, you won't brag on, on Madison, but I will. She, she turned things around quite a bit. And she's well, now the, you know, the, the captain for 
the world famous Kil- Kilgore, Kilgore Rangerettes. Rangerettes. And yeah. so, you know, it without that failure, she may not have. Well, I can tell you right now that she'll point to it. Um, because what happened was, is after we, after we all gathered ourselves, he said, okay, you, you have one or two options given this circumstance that, that you need, you need to really, well, you can say, I'm no good at this and quit, which we would not encourage, but, but you could just stop or you can go back and be confronted with the truth. So what did we do? We said, look, if you want to get good, then go back to the judges and ask them, what do I need to work on? What are the things that I have to get better at? Why did I not make it? What were specifically the things and how can I work at it to get better at those things so that next time I make it? Mm-hmm. And that that's life, isn't it? I mean, that's that's confession, that's work, that's yeah. that's everything. It's like, okay, it's not the end. Failure is not the end. It is it is just a point at which God allows us to become confronting confronted with what's true and then allows us to use that if if we will say yes to it if we'll accept see part of the problem i think we have in this whole society and that we probably have in ourselves is this kind of wanting to deny what's true mm-hmm. you know i'm no you know I, we've talked about this the fact that for years we we used to watch um american idol as a family and the particularly the first ones when they were doing all the 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 uh, tryouts, they'd always end up showing somebody who was just yeah awful. I mean, and almost without exception, accompanying that person who was a failure was a mom or a dad who, after we've the whole world has heard them sing, yeah. is saying they don't know what they're talking about. Right, you're going to be the next great thing and doesn't confront them with the truth, all right? That is not being loving. That used to be a thing that we would point that we would tell the kids, is that parent, would you want me as a parent to respond that way to you after hearing that person? Would you rather me say, you know what? Singing might not be your gift. Mm-hmm. In fact, would it not have been loving to have told them that long before they got on national, on national TV to let the whole world know right. they weren't any good? And my kids would say, yes. I said, so when we confront you with the truth or when life confronts you with the truth, then no, we're not doing it to hurt you, even, if it, even though it might hurt. We're not doing it for anything other than to point out this, you either need to work on this, or maybe you need to find something else. As Christians, coupled with that, and there may be a time when a failure comes, and it is the thing pointing to, this may be the end. You know, this, might be, uh, this might be something you need to stop working on. We as parents need to help them discern that. But we have to all also, and we should always tell them, you are unique and you are unrepeatable. God has a plan. That's what these parents should be telling these kids. He, they have a plan. You have something to add to this world that nobody else can add. I'm just telling you, in the case of these people, American Idol, yeah, it's that, probably not singing. That, that's not part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, and how do we know that? Because we confront it with what's true. Yeah. Let's look at what you're actually very good at, and let's see how God has gifted you in that area. And let's help you find another avenue yeah. to, to impact the world. I know you want to be, you know, the next great singer, but I'm here to tell you, you probably don't. Now, there may be people who have, that maybe have some ability, but they're not good enough. So maybe those are people you say, okay, let's work a little harder on this. 
let's get you some voice lessons. Let's get you, let's get you in situation to do it. And again, that's our job as a parent. What are, what are, what are, we talk about, they, they're told to, that we're stewards of them. The, the, the um, catechism actually uses the word apprenticeship. And what does an apprentice do? Apprentice pulls up alongside somebody who has some experience and learns alongside them uh, that that's the case. And so if we are, um, if we're meant to have them as our apprentices, we should be directing them and pointing them and, and, and moving them or helping them move away from things and towards other things in order to do it. Failure is just one of those circumstances that will um, be a mark as to where something needs to change. So in, Mad- in Madison's circumstance, it was, I need to go back and work harder on this. She had a gift. We, we recognized it. The other people recognized it. She just had not fully uh, used those gifts, had not worked as hard as maybe she should have. And now, now she does, and she's a, a tremendous dancer. Um, praise God for that. It's a gift that he gave, but it's something that we, um, that really, I think, was springboarded into through a failure. So like Dennis uh, mentioned, I think it's really, really important that we help um, help them uh, recognize that at every moment of a failure, there is an opportunity to make a change, whether it's a change in direction or whether it's just a change in what else do I need to do, it's an opportunity. So again, the cross is at the middle of every <laughs> major uh, success there there is sacrifice and failure that that accompanies um, life and can be used to move that to move people forward so as parents again we need to make that connection with our own give them perspective again it's not going to make them feel better that shows hey I made a mistake similar to this or maybe exactly the same mistake and this is where where it is and this is what happened. For every time there's a situation where you see an older sibling that has gone through a failure, help make and, and then they've they've used that to bounce back or to become better. Do that. What is this again? We're parenting intentionally. <laughs> we're we are looking at circumstances, because who's the orchestrator of all these circumstances, even the failures that are allowed? God Himself. <laughs> We have to be the ones who are helping our children with perspective, that are helping our children recognize they're not in it alone, recognize what's true about it, and recognize that they always have someone to go to who will help them move forward from that. That's just being a healthy human being. (laughs) I mean, this is not rocket science. The problem is, is I think many times we... Um, it's it's harder and more difficult to sit down and maybe share our own failings, to take the time to kind of walk through and maybe suffer with them in the moment, but then provide them with perspective, direction, guidance, all for them. Again, these are moments when we always tell tell the kids, why do I do what I do for you? 
Why do I, why do I cry with you? Because I love you. Why do I point out your failings and things that need work? Because I love you. Why am I, why am I going to do everything I can to help you overcome those failings or at least be with you through them? Because I love you. Everything is about you. It's much easier as a parent and that we turn away and go do what we've got to do and let them kind of deal with it. Um, we need to be there with truth and with grace. Um, so anyway, yes, I think that's, I think that's great. We need to remember as parents, I was just, I was going through this. It's, this is one of my favorite verses with regard to what you had said. It's second Corinthians one, three. And when you were talking, it made me think of it and I pulled it out. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in, in any affliction. And so remember that what we've gone through, God knew that God orchestrated it. And to the extent that you can help make connections, you as a parent have been given those afflictions, those failures in your past to help your children in their failures and their afflictions today. All right. Additionally, point to the fact that God has got a plan. All right. He knew you were going to fail at this. He knew this was going to happen. Now the question is, is how is he going to use it? And we can be assured because of how he chose to show his love for us that through every cross comes victory eventually. It, what, what doesn't look like victory actually is the thing that springboards us to victory to the extent that we can claim the truth that's revealed through it, accept it, and then rely on the grace to be able to stand up and go. That's, that's just teaching kids to be. I mean, parenting is not anything more than saying, I want my kids to walk out of here when they're 22 or however, <laughs> however with at least an idea of how to deal principally with successes, with failures, with dealing with people that maybe they don't like, you know, in, in losses that, that occur, losses of family members, whatever it is, how am I helping them? Well, how does that happen? It happens in those moments um, that we have. And De- Deuteronomy 6 is another verse that we've always talked about. It says, Moses tells parents, whenever you're walking, whenever you lay down, whenever you eat, those are the times that you talk and what the, you, you talk with your children, tell them about who God is and what his plan is. It's these failures that are part of those moments. Do not pass them up, even small failures, because it's much easier to build that up over time, taking a small failure. You know, I, I failed to test a spelling test when I was in fourth grade. I mean, take those small failures and build on that and say, look, you know, I know it hurts. What are we going to do again? We're going to give them truth. Yeah, this needs to work and we're going to give them grace. I'm going to work with you or we're going to get with the teacher to work with you. We're going to stand by you so that you can do better the next time and connect it with your own possibly failures to the extent it is and how that was used by God to help you get where you are today. That's parenting with a purpose. That's, that's 
being somebody that does it. So look at those as opportunities. Um, anyway, try to think. Uh, so failure, start with the truth, work with, with them or, or to show them grace, self-gift, um, help them make connections with themselves, always pointing your child to uh, the fact that they are here for a reason, that God has a plan, and that they um, that they will be able to look back at this and say, "This is what this is. This is something that helped us." Yeah. You know, something that's neat is you can point out that what appears to be failure and testing by God is oftentimes in the design by God. Right. So you take nature for example, uh, the lodgepole pine, and, and I looked up this article on online here, but the uh, lodgepole pine cone is sealed so tightly with resin and, and woodiness, it, it lasts on the tree for many, many years. But the only thing that will dislodge that seed from a pine cone is very intense heat, which comes from a forest fire. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so there's lots of examples of this in nature that it takes something that appears to be catastrophic, while humans oftentimes are very afraid of naturally of forest fires. Some species of trees, their their existence depends upon it. Uh, to, yeah. And so in, in the, the heat of a failure or what seems to be a failure is very necessary. And as a matter of fact, these seeds actually grow up very well in the carbon-rich environment and soil after a forest fire. That's a a great— And so, yeah, you'll see all these seedlings that'll pop up, you know, in in, in various places of of these pine forests that you think, you know, is being destroyed and devastated by a fire, but to continue its existence, it's required to go through the fire. That, so that two things that I think that that's a great point because remember in God's creation, God who created things has things that exactly we can look at and and learn mm-hmm. from those, and that's exactly one of them. The other thing is is that and, and this is one of my favorite when we first started Red Sea long before there was a radio station here. When we did on the sacraments, we went through the signs of various sacraments. For example, what sign did Jesus give us for his body and blood? He gave us bread and wine, right? Mm-hmm. And so lots of us, because we, because we grew up in the, in, in the culture we grew up in, I never saw anybody make bread before. I never saw anybody make flour before. I never, I don't even know what that looks like. I had never seen anybody make wine before, but we went through and showed the kids, how does this go? So let's take a, a grain of wheat. Well, how do you make flour? You grind it, you crush, you it. crush it. And then, and then, and then what you, you add water and then you stick it in a fire mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it becomes that. So not just one, I mean, I would say, just imagine if you were the wheat, I imagine the grinding does not feel good. And I imagine after the grinding to be in, you know, 350 degrees isn't good either. Doesn't feel good. But what comes out on the other end is something beautiful, mm-hmm. something nourishing, something that other people can use. What about wine? 
the grapes are crushed. They're first they're picked from their where they feel most heavy. They're picked, then they're crushed, and wine is dead, and it's actually transformed again and becomes something that can you be used on the other side of that. Those God did not accidentally choose those. I think in this day and age, in this culture, I think it's important for us to show our kids those things, to show them that, okay, why did Jesus choose bread? And why did Jesus choose wine to be his example? Well, it points us as a sign to what happened to him. He was crushed. He was beaten. He was everything, you know, he was made to suffer, but and even die and get buried. Even like the, the, mm-hmm. the wheat has to be has to yeah. die. Well you know? in in the Gospel of John chapter right. twelve, twenty four, Amen, Amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loses his life will lose it. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Right. And and that's again that sign of contradiction that mm-hmm. we have to point out because the world doesn't say that the world says that if you're doing things right, and even some Christian circles will be prosperity that if you're doing things right, then things are always going to work out. We have to remember that the sign of contradiction is Jesus and that we as his disciples will experience that sign of contradiction. And in fact, he's given us signs that point us to that contradiction that somehow dying produces life. Sometimes laying down one's life produces life for others and multiplies, in fact. Not just not just one life, but multitudes of life that had, they come as a result of that. That's a truth that is really possible because right now we're in a place where what's in it for me, I've got to look out for number one, I need to get what I need to get, and that's happening in marriages, that's happening in sports, it's happening in on teams, it's happening wherever you find it, and we have to, as Christians, contradict that. We have to be signs of contradiction. If we don't express that to our children, if we don't help them recognize that what looks like failure, what looks like something we should avoid at all costs, no matter what, and it actually comes, God actually not only can use it, he has shown over and over that he does use it throughout history. Throughout history, in the even in the way that a whatever type of what was that pine cone or that pine lodge pole pine the, the lodge pole pine, even in that it shows that sometimes the greatness comes from and through the trial or because of the trial. I mm-hmm. when we do this is a little bit of a side note, but but when I do we've done uh, me and Joseph White had wrote a a marriage prep deal with 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 people who are getting married and I have told most people the same things that cause marriages to break up the same trials are the very same things that people who have strong marriages point back to and say those are the things that made our marriage stronger so that trouble with the finances that causes one couple to divorce has been known to be the thing that is a catalyst for helping a couple's marriage to get stronger. It's throughout his it's throughout mm-hmm. history and our experience that 
our acceptance of the failures that come our way, the struggles that we have, our bearing of our own cross. Jesus said that too. Do you take up your cross and follow me? <laughs> we have to do that. Then we should not be surprised when failing comes. We should not run away from failure. We should confront failure face to face and we should help our children confront it face to face. We should take from it the truth that it reveals. We should always hold in mind that the that the truth we can count on is that God can use that failure, that struggle, that trial, that fire, <laughs> that crushing to make something come out on the other end fruitful, something that somebody else can use. And in fact, I think about it going back to that verse that I just talked about and your mention of it. Mm-hmm. What happens comes out on the other end? A person who can actually be a light showing somebody, hey, I went through something like this, and therefore I know you can get through it too. But in other words, the, it's something that is now of, now helping other people down the road. It's coming out on the other end as something that is nourishing and strengthening for others. I, that's what the mystery of parenthood is about. Not, not the show, but, but parenthood itself mm-hmm. is about us realizing that all of this is God teaching us ourselves as parents, but while we're helping our teach our kids and to chew more completely, to digest more fully the beauty of the fact that God is engaged in our lives, even in those small moments of failure, even in those small afflictions as we go forward. I don't know, when, every time I talk about it, it, it gets me more excited because it's just something that, uh, that I think we miss. We go through life and kind of just go from stuff to stuff, from from this game to that game, from this homework problem to that homework problem, and we sometimes can miss the fact that God is at work in us and through us and with us if we are taking seriously raising our children, and that one of those moments that we have to deal with is, in fact, failure. So confront it with the truth. Don't be afraid of it. Give all the grace, self-gift of yourself, your wisdom, yourself, how do I help them? And then teach them that failure is just the next step. It's just the next thing that's happened, and God has allowed it to happen, that a greater fruit can come out, that something that couldn't have happened without it is now going to happen. It's going to be even more beautiful, more something that he can use on the other end to show this world what he's accomplished in and through his son. Jesus on the cross. So I also really think it's important that you said suffer there, suffer through it with your, your kids. Absolutely. Because God suffers through, through our failures with us. Very important that we do this. Um, anyway, I know we're, we're, we're drawn to an end. Um, y'all just be encouraged and go out there and, and parent, um, with purpose. Um, see the opportunities that God sends your way even through the failures that your children might have to, to do that. I'm going to try to remember Stephanie's uh, tagline here. Um, parent with a purpose. Uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. 
Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 